So you've done podcasts online, but not yes, in not in person. person. Okay. Any questions before we get started? Absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like to go with the flow. All right, let's do it. The five elements of letting go: discussing mental health openly and freely, and sharing tools and techniques to find peace. Well, welcome everyone to the Five Elements Letting Go. I'm Dr. Jared McCollum, and today with me is Kara Marshall. Uh, now, Kara is a spiritual teacher, psychic, medium, intuitive, Reiki master, and teacher, shaman, and ultimately your soul friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Quite an introduction. I know. And, and I have heard from several people. Kara's just the nicest person on the planet. (laughs) (laughs) So you got a lot to live up to. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I just, I was listening to some of your podcasts and I was just like, everybody just has all these modalities, right? And all of these big intros. And really, for me, my number one is I am your soul friend, right? That's kind of what I like to resonate with is mm-hmm. anyone who comes into my life is part of my family and they're teaching me how to be a better version of myself mm-hmm. so that's kind of what I like. reminds me of that quote everyone is my superior in some way in that I learn of them yes 100 percent yeah well that's interesting mm-hmm. so how do you be a soul friend well, what is a soul friend? Well, the way that I look at it is um, in, in kind of in two different ways. I have um, in my work, let's say in quotes, I don't really like to use the word work. I like to use it as it's an extension of who I am. Mm-hmm. And But in my work, how I look at it is I, I see, the only way I can explain it is I see beyond the ego. I see beyond the stories mm-hmm. and I connect with your soul. I connect with the essence of who you are, including your humanness, right? Because so often we always want to remove the ego. We always want to go, you know, just be soul centered and be connected to your spiritual self. Well, if that was the case, then we are we allowed to swear on this? Yes, it is marked explicit. You can fucking swear all you want. Because okay. <laughs> it's kind of like, um, I'm just kind of hearing that uh, I lost my contract, my, my thought. Okay. You're when about I was, to swear that. I know. That's why. <laughs> and it threw me off. <laughs> um, but no, I was just kind of going into the fact that so often as uh, spiritual, as we awaken spiritually, there's so... So, so much about removing the ego. And I'm like, well, if you want to remove the ego, then go be a fucking angel and or be something else because we're human. Mm -hmm. We're here. We're here and we're physically here. And so a soul friend is someone that can hold it kind of like removes the mask in a sense, but it doesn't um, detach from it it doesn't it doesn't uh overlook it it just removes it so you can see your truth Mm -hmm. and then in that truth you um then can kind of navigate what's going on in your life and also how does that reflect into my life so a soul friend is a mutual 
growth. It's an understanding of what true relationship is. And it's able to see the, when I say soul essence, I kind of just mean the truth of who you are. Okay. You know, and it's kind of like um, having compassion and understanding for the humanness. And knowing that that is our purpose for being here. Mm -hmm. So we're all here navigating, you know, what it means to be human. Mm -hmm. And if we can do that through kindness, compassion, understanding, and acceptance and allowance, if we can do it through that, then everybody could live self Ishly. And if we all lived selfishly, mm-hmm. there wouldn't be people taking things personally. Yeah. We'd be just understanding that if I'm if I'm feeling hurt from that, oh, oh, what's that for me? Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. and I'm not going, oh, they think this of me. So, and then making a story of that. It's like just allowing all the triggers to come forward. So to me, a soul friend is just somebody who can hold an openness to and a willingness to learn mm-hmm. and to release judgment. Yeah. You know, I've been discussing stuff like this with my kids a lot lately mm-hmm. about know, just because unfortunately it's really tough for kids at this age to seem hopeful. Yeah, I know. Just with what's happening. And mm-hmm. I, you know, when you think back to, you know, when we, you would have communities of say 150 to 500 people mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. where everyone knew who we were, mm-hmm. we had to rely on each other to survive. So there was this connectiveness and need for each other mm-hmm. to survive. And that, you know, through, you know, being conquered and rules of kings and, you know, <laughs> all these things over time, things have changed a lot. And now we're in a culture where we're not ruled by kings or prime ministers or anything. We're ruled by capitalism. Yeah. And this obsession with competition and success and all of this. And I fear that this obsession with continual growth um, in our economies and in our self-help, even we've let go of this ability to just be with each other and to support and accept, you know, it's so foreign mm-hmm. for people to mm-hmm. have someone that just wants to be their friend. Yeah. Because, well, what are you getting out of this? Or what's the win? Or how do I monetize this? Or well, I, I, yeah. <laughs> and I always see it as like a win-win. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, what's the win? And I hear you on the on the competition and the to, like even the, um, the, the need for more, mm-hmm. right? And um, for children, I... I kind of agree with you. Like, that's kind of where I go. Like, I find it easier for, you know, people my age or even people that are a little bit younger. But the but the youth, there's this element of they've incarnated to 
experience a world that they're not actually living in right now. Like the world that they came to live in almost doesn't exist on a physical plane. And so they're trying to navigate, you know, they're trying to, I'm going to say in quotes, fit in, but they can only do it as far as they're supported. And we're in the, we're in a change now. We're Mm -hmm. like the world that, that you and I grew up in, you know, we may try to save it, but it doesn't exist anymore. Mm -hmm. And that's why we're seeing, you know, a lot of systems crumbling you know, we're seeing the education system, the health system. We're seeing a lot of systems, even the government, even, um, you know, the banks, like everything. Like it's all kind of crumbling. Mm-hmm. And I kind of go, yay. Yeah, I agree because it's those systems, the foundation of them isn't to support and build a community and develop us. It's to separate the winners from the losers and, you know, to give more power to smaller groups and to raise up the the elite. And when, you know, again, in in my last session, I was talking about trauma and how, you know, uh, Dr. Gabor Mate, in his newest book I was just listening to today, he's talking about how, you know, like trauma is when... A stressor happens, but we don't feel that we are supported and understood and loved in during that experience. And if those things are there, it's a stressor and we can let go of that trauma. Mm -hmm. But when we don't have those things Uh and, you know, we've had multiple generations without this Uh and this generation that's coming through because the previous generation doesn't have control over all the information and all that. Now these kids have access to everything and they can be, they can look it up and be like, you guys fucked this up. Yeah. And you're not, you don't know the path to fix it, your own mistakes. Yeah. So at the same time, there's this like a uh, nihilism and sadness and lost feeling in young adults. But at the same time, I hope they recognize that there's hope because, you know, the older generation has never been offered a model that cares for us. And they can offer us that. Yeah. And I do feel like when you say like there's hope, I do feel when I like the people that I'm around um, of that age, you know, anywhere from 25 down to you know 14. Mm -hmm. Um. I feel as though when I when I have conversation with them, it's like they're not in a panic to try to fit in. Mm-hmm. Where you know when yes, we, when we were kids, we had to be popular. We had well, to be yeah. that certain. Well, yeah, and you had to get good grades. You had mm-hmm. to go get a career or yeah. an education, and it couldn't even just be something that paid okay. It had to be a good paying job, mm-hmm. like because you had to buy a house and you had to do you had to get married and have kids and and put money away for the future like it was everything was completely planned out for us yeah. right and these kids aren't buying into no. the program yay yes <laughs> right? they're just like um yeah that carrot you're dangling in yeah. front of me it doesn't work yeah and because I, you're not happy yeah 
You and know? I love it because I find that they're teaching us mm-hmm. how to deprogram. Yeah. Because we've been so, um, I'm almost going to say desensitized. Like we've, you know, we're really, truly, a lot of us grew up, especially in my generation, we grew up on an assembly line, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. literally. And these And kids, our schools are still designed they to are, make factory workers. Yes, yeah. because it was an industrialized revolution mm-hmm. <laughs> where education was formed yeah you know so these are where everything's falling and so i do feel that in a sense i feel like these these younger adults are almost like more prepared for mm-hmm. this new world that we're moving into yeah. than say you know our generation yeah because we're so attached to how things should be, mm-hmm. right? And and have-tos and expectations. And they've already said no to it all. Yep. <laughs> so they're like, okay, yeah. there's got to be something better. Yeah. And, and, and I think not only are they seeing this, but most people are now. Yeah. Because they're like, well, I'm not working two jobs anymore yeah. for shit jobs. And it'd be ter- treated terribly and... You know, never given time off and not paying mm-hmm. overtime and all this. Like, I love this narrative that people are putting out that just people don't want to work anymore. Well, it's just like, no, no, no. People want to work, yeah. but they want to be respected. Yeah. And they want they to do. redefine the word work. Yeah. Because when we grew up, work meant suffering. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It meant you got to, you know, you got to give up something. Mm-hmm. It didn't, it wasn't like serving. Yeah. You know, we were lucky if we enjoyed what we did. Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And now these kids, they know they'll never be able to afford a home. Mm-hmm. And they don't care about having a car. Nope. And majority of them, if they have kids, won't have four to six. Yes. So they don't have the same financial needs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and most of them aren't getting caught up in credit either. Yeah. So they're not falling into the trap. Yeah. And they're just like... Why is everyone working so hard? Yeah. And it's funny because the <laughs> older generation, and I'm not, you know, I'm not being, I'm not trying to label my generation yeah. or anything like that. But at the same time, because of our programming and we think that's the right way, it's hard for us to watch them. And then we label them as lazy mm-hmm. or we label them as, you know, um, that they're floating or that they don't know any better. You know what I mean? And it's Mm -hmm. like, but instead, what would be nice is if we could maybe investigate, maybe stay curious and go, oh, how do you propose to live? How do you, what do you, what do you enjoy about life? Mm -hmm. What is life for you? So often we don't ask people, we don't say, you know, what does it mean to be human? Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting, you know, growing up, in the 80s, <laughs> this idea that if you weren't bought into the program, mm-hmm. you were a hippie, you were lazy, you were a space case, you are all these things. <laughs> yeah. Like everything and, labeled. Uh-huh. But what's interesting is those are the happy people. Yep. And then those that have bought in, gotten the debt, you know, have all the toys mm-hmm. and, you know, go to work. You, 10, 12-hour days and all this just so they can have illnesses. that, that week, weekend, every every two weekends to go out on their ATVs or their boat and, and have that time. And I'm not saying that it's not fun, but when you can only do that every now and then and you're yeah. working all this time for that, 
Yeah. Eventually, we all get to this point of, you know, I'm sick, I'm tired, I don't feel fulfilled, I just work for someone else. That doesn't yeah. bring happiness. You know, and I was, I was there. Like, I rocked the assembly line. Mm-hmm. You know, I was that kid. I was that one that wanted to please everybody, right? And it was like, and I did, and I did, and and climbed that corporate ladder, and because I was in engineering, and um, and it was like, and then I kind of realized, like, I caught myself saying lots of times, and I'd hear people, "I work so I can live." I'm like, that's so fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for two days a week. You do <laughs> right. all of that to have two days to be able to do... That's bullshit. ...what you want, yeah. It, it really is. And so that was kind of like an eye-opener, right? It's like, no. And, you know, it's like we got to start learning to live. And and I think it's like, you know when um, we have those... Uh, cliches right of live like you're dying or live like there's no tomorrow and stuff like Mm -hmm. that and most people like we kind of roll our eyes at it like oh yeah whatever right but the reason we don't like cliches is because they're true Mm -hmm. (laughs) right and we just don't want to admit it we don't want to admit that we've been kind of not operating at our fullest potentials. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting. You, you think about, you know, an individual. If they're strapped with debt, mm-hmm. they're trapped yeah. in the system. And now we have not only individuals, you know, trapped in the system, but every government is too. Oh, I know. Because every government's in debt, mm-hmm. and they see no way out mm-hmm. other than continual growth and pushing the system mm-hmm. to keep it going because, you know, we want more jobs and <laughs> we want less taxes and, you know, and especially over the last two years, everyone getting upset about all these silly things mm. that don't, you know, like... At the end of the day, don't really matter. Oh, I'm just... Right? You know, we lost all our freedoms, apparently, yeah, apparently. And now, you know, everything's back to normal and mm. everyone still thinks we've lost all our freedoms or whatever. And, I, and I'm sure I, that, that comment just pissed off a bunch of people. But I'll <laughs> tell you that, you know, this continual division mm-hmm. that we create, yeah. you know, like, ooh, my sports team's liberal and my, or no, my sport team oh, is conservative. Gosh. And, Rather than, and we play this game mm-hmm. and they distract us with the game of politics. Yeah. And meanwhile, the planet's burning down. Um, you know, we're getting these crazy diseases that we can't control. And, and we're not sitting down and just solving these problems with truth <laughs> and science and, and, and knowledge. And we just want to blame each other and make this all a fucking game rather than just making the world a better place. I don't know. Yeah. I find it a little frustrating at times. Yeah, it is. And that's where, that's like the key. I love when, when I get frustrated or if somebody, mm-hmm. I love when I get frustrated because I know that that's where I need healing. Mm-hmm. Because if I get frustrated, like when I get, when I get, the F-bombs going and I'm yeah. frustrated. It's like, because fr- we all know that frustration, anger are both masks 
for hurt. Mm-hmm. And usually hurt because we don't understand or we don't know better. Yeah. Usually. Mm-hmm. Or we don't feel safe or we don't feel supported, right? Yeah. So then I kind of go, okay, what am I upset about? And it's like, oh, well, maybe I'm upset because I don't feel supported or I don't feel like I have a community or I don't feel like I'm free or I don't feel and it's like but what I've that's because I've bought into mm-hmm. the narrative the, of the how narrative things are to be. Uh, yeah. yeah and then it's like and I come back to my sovereignty you know and and you know the book right now what's coming into mind is Victor Frankl right mm-hmm. a man's search for ma- meaning. meaning yeah and you know when we talk about surviving, right, and what is essential, mm-hmm. it's like really coming into our essential being. And, okay, if politics wants to do that, I, you know, I'm not going to be the one person who's going to uh, fix politics mm-hmm. or the systems. Yeah. All I do know, so that cliche is like, be the change you want to see in the world. And it's like one person can can be a change, can be a, make a difference. Mm-hmm. How the, to me, how I relate to that is, yes, if I'm authentically true to me and living my sovereignty and to my values, and I'm not saying they're right or they're wrong. Mm-hmm. It's just I'm living with how I can to the best knowledge I can. Yeah. Yeah. Then I'm rippling out. Mm-hmm. Then I'm being true. Yeah, because you're able to show by your example. Yeah, that you can live outside that system and be at peace. Yes, you don't have to. Because it's interesting. Like you know, anger is always triggered by uh, entitlement yeah. and injustice. Mm-hmm. So the the surface stuff is always injustice. Oh, that's unfair. Yeah. <laughs> It should be this way. But the deep part is the entitlement Mm -hmm. where you feel, you know, you're owed things to be a certain way. And what's interesting is a lot of the things that, you know, like those are those true things that are injustices like, you know, uh, murder, rape, slavery, those things we should all Mm -hmm. feel anger over. Mm -hmm. But whether or not your party is in power or whether or not your team wins mm-hmm. or what, <laughs> yeah. you know, or your religion isn't the number one religion right now or whatever. And yeah. this makes you feel irritated yeah. and, you know, with everyone else for not thinking the way you're doing or whatever. But what's interesting is you can peel away and, and take away all those things mm-hmm. and, We'd just be happier. We and don't then, need all of that and to then be we're, happy. And then we're actually all the same. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, we have forgotten that we're a human species. Mm-hmm. Right? And yeah. Like, do, like, and again, I was talking to some, a patient about this today. Yeah. And of course, they're very religious, so they have a different yeah. point of view. But I was talking about, you know, we as humans create a lot of unnecessary stress and pain and suffering in our own lives. And a lot of that comes from us humanizing everything and using our brains too much. <laughs> and I, I pointed out, you know, we have all the deer in the yard all the time here. And I'm just like, do you think deers, you know, have anxiety? You know, animals don't have anxiety unless they live with humans. <laughs> you know, like so dogs true. and cats that get anxiety. So true. But they, 
accept the world as it is. Uh-huh. And their focus is on family and natural law and, and surviving. And they recognize that they're a part of it and that death is a part of it. And birth is a part of it and uh-huh. winter and summer. And they just live with it. And yes, we have evolved beyond that. But I don't know if it's really made mm, us a big difference better. And and I what I, my hope is is just as you know, and and if we look back at uh, the development of humans mm-hmm. from you know millions of years ago to now, this like blank of our existence, you know, now how much has changed in the last hundred years, mm-hmm. and you know, I'm hoping that this like insane development that's happening technologically will this would like break up and shake up with everything that's happening right now. I hope it opens the door where we can take that and have that explosion in our own, uh, you know, psyche and spirituality and connection with community and, you know, and, and often disaster makes that happen. Gonna, I was just going to say that. And and I wonder sometimes if, you know, Gaia or the earth or whatever, or God or yeah. the universe or whatever is just like, yeah, you guys are in the wrong direction again. Let's reboot the system. You know, <laughs> it's, and like humans have been around for a long time. Oh, yeah. And when you look at, um, you know, the fact that there's very, we know humans have been around for well over like I think the oldest civilization we found is on Haida Gwaii now and it's like 50,000 years old like like uh not humans but like a civilization, civilization. like a community that uh, was there and I'm sure there was even older ones mm-hmm. but you know it's like we get to a point and it's not working out and you know the plant's like all right let's have a reboot Something crazy happens and we have to start all over again. And <laughs> I just hope this time that we're hanging around that we can, uh, you know, uh, choose a different path. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Like, I, I hope it doesn't we, get that bad. Well, I kind of feel like we don't really have a choice. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. Like, and, and not in a bad way. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's happening. Like, when you, when you hit a high, like, when you hit... Uh, as a civilization, a peak, then there's always a collapse in that. And that's mm-hmm. not a negative thing because, as we know, and I think I, would, I, think I heard um, Jillian say something on this, uh, was that it's like whenever we lose something or we remove something, then something new can come in, right? Yeah. yeah. And so, I, you know, it's similar in that, like, in that destruction, right? It's like we have evolved to a point of complete separation mm-hmm. and and you can can we go a little bit further in separation yeah we probably can but we'd probably destroy the world yeah in doing so so we're at that brink point right so when we collapse it's like i always see it as a trampoline it's like mm-hmm. humans are resilient like we bounce down yeah and then we bounce higher yeah it's like depression yeah i i describe it often to my kids like a pendulum yes so yeah, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. swinging back and forth mm-hmm. but what's interesting is the swings aren't as wide and big as they used to mm-hmm. where you know we 
go to the left for a while, we go to the right, we go to the left, we go to the right, we go to the left. And I think that... We're finding center. Yeah, we're getting a little bit more. And what happens is those in the extreme ends of those get really loud as things change and it scares them. But the majority of people are in the middle. And I think, you know, uh, I hope that as we all start to recognize that, you know, none of this is working, we're following the same path, no one's getting the same results. It's not humans, it's the systems we're using. Mm-hmm. And Yeah, 100%. It is yeah. not the humans. Yeah. It, it is the systems that we're choosing to believe in. Yeah. And mm-hmm. see, a big part of Chinese medicine is Taoism. Yes. It's like the foundation I of it. I love Taoism. <laughs> and it's this idea. And what's interesting with Taoism is it specifically says numerous times that Taoism uh, does not work in a system. And humans don't work in systems. We need to be a part of nature and just be humans. Yeah. And, you know, that's why every time they try to make Taoism into a religion, <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't work. work. But Taoism itself, like, I think, uh, you know, like the traditional teachings of just about every indigenous culture mm-hmm. is Taoism. It's just the name that the Chinese used. Yeah. And it's this idea that we are not separate from nature. Yeah. We are on equal level with mm-hmm. all animals, yeah. and it is our role to learn from the environment and to live within it. And to be the yeah. best version of a human you can be. Yeah. I mean, a cat doesn't try to be a dog. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, it's like, I'm not going to sit there and go, you know, maybe I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, wow, Brene Brown, she can speak so well. And it's like, I can do that human, the comparison, mm-hmm. the right or the competition and it's like oh i need to i need to learn how to speak better and it's like but but what am i what are my strengths mm-hmm. do i even want to be that yeah. person yeah. like is that is that filling my cup or am i doing it for another reason mm-hmm. because i think that that's, that's what i'm supposed to do that's what that's you know, right. I'm, I've been successful, so I need to keep going. I need yep. to do these other things. Yeah. And like I've been asked numerous times, oh, why don't you, you know, have a bigger clinic or have multiple yeah. clinics or why don't right, you Right, expand. And, and I'm like, why do I want all that extra stress in my life? Yeah. I've got it perfect. Yeah. You know, I get to help people and they take care of me for doing it. Yeah. Like what a better way. You know, I don't need to complicate my life any further no yeah it's like i say i i'm kind of i go to people i could some people will say to me like oh well you know i'm about retirement or whatever and i'm like oh my gosh i'm like i'm gonna work till the day i die because work to me is living Mm -hmm. it's a it's serving it's giving and receiving it's an extension of who i am right and even when i was an engineer it, it's, it, it didn't matter if it was what I was doing, helping people, you know, build their lives versus building buildings. It really yeah. didn't, it didn't matter. It was an extension of who I am, right? Mm. And it's like, I want to embrace this planet that I'm living on as, you know, as an animal would. It's like, I'm going to live here till I don't live here any longer, <laughs> right? Like, it's like, I'm going to, I'm going to embrace every aspect and I'm going to just be the best human I can be. And when I can understand that 
wow, I've been limiting myself. I My mind has been telling me that it's impossible, not I'm possible, mm-hmm. you know, and it's humans. And that's, that's the gift. And it's just that over the years, it's been stifled. It's been, and somehow over the years, humanity has come to a place that it's power over. You know, it's not empowerment. It's not, it's not collaboration. It's not connection. It's not lifting one another. It's not learning from one another. You know, it reminds me of a, of a book that I read um, about the aboriginals in Australia and how they were the ones like the nomads that they would walk like 500 miles or something. Right. And they had nothing. And they would go to, uh, they would stay overnight or whatever. And this one woman who was, um, I don't know, she was something in the States and she was over there and they kind of took her. Mm -hmm. And one evening they got to a place where they were going to camp, like camp out for the night. And she had said that they had found these um, sticks that had been hollowed out by ants. And she said like everyone was going crazy. They were so excited, right? And they started playing music like flutes, right? Mm-hmm. And so they decided it's party time. Yeah. And so they all do the party. And at the end, the next day, they, because it's like no trace, you'd have no yeah. idea, you know, it's untouched. Like it's, they use it and they leave it yeah. as as it was, right? And so she said to them, she said, well, why wouldn't you take that little stick? Like it's tiny. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you take that steak, stick if it brings you that much joy? And they're like, why do I need it? It was presented to me in that moment mm-hmm. and I enjoyed it. I don't need to own it. I don't need to take it with yeah. me. Yeah, they don't have that entitlement, that sense of like ownership. Exactly. Yeah. Right? Which is what creates suffering. Yeah. yeah. And the systems create suffering. Even mm-hmm. the system of family. Yeah. Like we yeah. could even take it to that. Yeah. That's where a lot of suffering comes into Well, and especially this idea of like, you have to love your family. Yeah. You have to give your parents respect. You have to go to Christmas celebrations. Yeah. 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 Or whatever. Yeah. It's yeah. very interesting. I think chosen family is far more powerful. Yeah. Um, and again, if my mother's listening to this, sorry, but. <laughs> it's, true. it's true. Right? Like, it's like, I, and because I always say, my kids ask me, um, I have a little magnet on um, our fridge. And is a picture of my sister and I, and it says, um, sisters by chance, friends by choice. Mm-hmm. And I always, they go, what does that mean, mom? Like when they were little and I was mm-hmm. like, well, just because, you know, you guys are brothers, that doesn't mean that you guys need to like one another mm-hmm. in a sense, in, in the human sense, mm-hmm. right? I said, you can respect one another. Um, and agree that, okay, they're living that life. But friendship is a choice. Mm-hmm. Parenting is a choice. It's like nurturing is instilled until a child can feed itself. Anything after that, it's choice. Mm-hmm. Right? And so when we start to understand that we have that, that beautiful free will and, and choice to live how we want to live, it sets us free and we can just be who we need to be. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean I don't, like if I don't see my parents and I don't see my brother or if I don't see them, 
that doesn't mean that I don't love them. Mm-hmm. Not at all. Yeah. Right. And but we grew up that love almost like even that was conditioned. Yeah. And controlled. Control. Well, yeah. yeah. Right. Because it was like love was only if you actually showed up or if you did this or mm-hmm. you did that. And to me, love is a is it has no no boundaries, no conditions, mm-hmm. right? And it's like it's endless and open. Interesting. Have you read that book um, uh, against empathy? No. Okay. So it's written by. Uh, Will I want to? Yeah, yeah. It's really good. It's written by a Canadian psychologist, and just sets the book up initially, just talking about how. Uh, dangerous empathy is. Oh, and how harmful yeah, yes, it is. yes, yes, yes. And how, um, you know, empathy is very connected to this uh, too much towards, well, I know them, mm-hmm. so, and I understand them, so I have more empathy for them, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I have more empathy for the one kid that fell down the wa- well than the thousands of kids that have died in Ukraine. Yeah. During the war or whatever, right? If it's more personal, if it connects with us, if we understand it, the we have more empathy. Mm-hmm. And that, unfortunately, then, because that empathy is so powerful, we make our choices based off what's in front of us at the moment. Yeah. Because that makes us the most empathetic. So we make decisions short term on protecting people's jobs rather than solving climate change. Yeah. Or... We're going to give money to this charity because, you know, that song and video of that one kid made mm-hmm. us sad rather than mm-hmm. to, you know, mm-hmm. a whole country that's suffering. And, mm-hmm. but it's interesting, like, he goes on and he, he interviews, he asked for an interview. He's speaking at a conference and this one guy there is known as the happiest man alive. And he's a, uh, uh, a monk who is, I think he's also a psychologist and he told him the, you know, the book he was writing and was a little worried the guy wouldn't want to talk to him. And he's like, Oh, I love it. That sounds like a great book. And he goes into talking about how, you know, happiness, uh, empathy is a hindrance to our happiness. Mm-hmm. He says, we don't want to practice empathy. We want to practice compassion, compassion because empathy drains us. Uh-huh. It's easy to use it to manipulate us and control us. Uh-huh. And it's not true representation uh-huh. of what's really happening in our world. Uh-huh. Where compassion, we can uh, have, you know, that understanding and support and and, and uh, want what's best for this person without letting those experiences drain or manipulate us. Yeah. Um, like in healing professions, yeah. if we have empathy and want to connect and feel what everyone's feeling and to get into the story and all of that to understand, it's draining and it brings the patient back into the past. Yeah. But compassion is, where are we right now? Yeah. What can we do right now? And It's like, I hear you. Mm-hmm. Compassion is, I hear you. Yeah. It doesn't mean, let's go back there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Right. And it is a big difference Mm -hmm. between and and that's where it's like we've gotten sucked in to the belief that it's suffering. Like we we literally think 
it's somehow programmed in us that it's damned if I do, damned if I don't. And it's not. It's blessed if I do, blessed if I don't. Yeah. And especially by just letting go of those thoughts, the manipulation, all of those things, that's where we find that peace. And it's just, you know, I don't. And that's where we have to give ourselves permission Mm -hmm. to live a sovereign life. Yeah. But we weren't raised that way, Mm -hmm. you know, and and living, I'm going to say, it's like I tell a lot of clients, I'm like, you know, have you ever been told like, oh, you need to be more self- or like how many times have you been told you're selfish and selfish had a negative connotation, right? Mm-hmm. Like stop being so selfish, right? Canadians, you know, and I'm not trying to stereotype, but it's like, yeah. but Canadians are known to um, always put others first, right? And I said, can you imagine if we lived in a world where everybody was selfish, everyone put themselves first it would absolutely abolish suffering because it would open the door to acceptance because if somebody's doing something for themselves and that bothers me that's my shit Mm -hmm. because if we're all selfish Mm, that's interesting. Then we mm-hmm. can all see that I am living for me. And then it's and it's like life is happening for me, not to me. That I'm the creator of my life. Mm-hmm. So if I'm not liking what's in my life, then I get to change it. Mm-hmm. Right? And I feel like that's the empowerment. It's like that's the gift of the humanness. Mm-hmm. You know, because we do have the ability to create how we want to navigate this life. Mm. And if we're caring for ourselves and we have that balance, yes, then we're in a position where we don't feel we're competing with everyone else. That's right. And we're not fighting and we have, you know, then it could take us to the next place where then we can you know, connect and yeah. care and be and all that. Because we have the balance and strength we need personally. Because you need that foundation. Yeah. And a lot of people, because they're so busy trying to impress everyone else yeah. and fitting this mold, and we, you know, we're so distracted from caring for ourselves that we don't have the strength or the energy or the ability to lift anyone else up. And the reason we're distracted is because we've never been taught ever how to nurture ourselves. Mm-hmm. We've never been taught because we can do self-care, no problem. But really, if you really look at it, has any human ever been taught to nurture themselves? So how do you nurture yourself? Listening to you okay. and allowing yourself to experience, it's like, Seeing the outer world and going, I created that. How do I feel about that? Do I feel like I need some people? Like it's like really that inner dialogue going, Mm -hmm. right? Because we think nurturing is, oh, I'm going to nurture myself. I need to go lay in the bath. No, that could be an aspect of nurturing, but that's really more Mm self-care, right? Because nurturing is at a soul level. Nurturing is at is is allowing yourself to communicate with your mind and your heart and 
the energy that's playing in it. Mm -hmm. And so it's not something we know how to do yet. We're all learning, Mm -hmm. you know, all of us. And we haven't been supported in that, right? So when you don't know how, it makes it Mm -hmm. a bit challenging. Yeah, self-care is almost like survival. Yeah. It's like, I... If I don't do these things, I just can't get through the week. Yeah. So you're doing, you know, the soaking in the tub yep. or, or going for, going for walk, get your or, nails done or whatever it is. These things that we do mm-hmm. that we label self-care mm-hmm. that, yes, they are, they're feeding us in a way. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's just the tools we've used to survive yeah. this toxic world that we're in and then so nurturing i guess then would be to recognize these behaviors these thoughts these things aren't giving back to me they're harming me these thoughts and this viewpoint is holding me back it's causing me stress they don't align yeah if i can let go of those things and redefine yeah then i can find that inner peace and strength so that I have energy left over, so I'm not just surviving this world. That's I can right. focus in the moment and be a part of it. Yeah. How, how do you help your clients? You know, like what would a session look like? How do you well, do how do you work with people? I do different types of sessions um, with people. Um, generally, what most people end up coming for is a deep healing session, which is. They're pretty long. They're three hours. Sometimes they go more. Um, But they're kind of like therapy in a alternative way, Mm -hmm. in an intuitive, in a soul connection way. So I, I sit with people and we just talk. We talk about their life. We talk about what's going on. And as we're talking... I sit with them and and I'm connecting to their soul essence. So I just hear when they're speaking, I can it's almost like I hear what the ego's saying and what the soul is saying. I can mm-hmm. hear both of them at the same time. And so can every other human being if if you but want. But if you to. don't know what to listen for. Yes. Okay. And so that's why it's like I'm kind of there to help them see or translate yes translate. <laughs> that's a perfect that's a perfect mm-hmm. way to translate to them what they're discerning mm-hmm. you know like what are they going through and showing it in a different lens but it's literally what's coming from inside it's just they can't see a different way and so we sit and we talk about that and you know a lot of um spirit comes through so i you know i do that not everybody believes in that but i do and and that's something that i always tell people is um you know i do, i do believe in mediumship i do believe in uh parallel type reality you know energy uh i'm an engineer so it's like energy cannot be destroyed <laughs> it mm-hmm. can only be transmuted right yeah. so um, so that's, it's like, I, I tell people that, um, I just went off on a tangent there. Sorry. Yeah, okay. Um, so when they come in and I start talking to them about, 
what's going on in their life and I angels come in and their guides it's like I don't even realize you know I'll be saying you know they're saying they they and they're like who's they <laughs> I'm like oh sorry it's and I say your guides because that's what most people can resonate with mm-hmm. but in truth it's your higher self like it's like I think I heard you talking about um like a past lives and I think you guys were joking about like not everybody's a pharaoh or yeah whatever. yeah yeah and so <laughs> you like my philosophy on that too is like you know I think I've met about 30 people that are Isis oh okay okay so they're all the goddess Isis yeah. and so I've told them I said well what it is is we're human so you're resonating with an energy of a story of who Isis is. Mm -hmm. So you may have experienced some life form where you had a similar energy, Mm -hmm. like a similar experience. That doesn't mean you were in Isis. It just means that that is how you're relating to it because it's the only way your mind is able to um, play it out for you yeah. so that you can see yeah, yeah. it, right? It, I, we're limited in the understanding with the stories we have. That's right. So, and again, this is where I think all of this stuff is fascinating because it's as our language and understanding changes, then our viewpoint of what's happening to us and what's going on changes. Yeah. They're all the same story. Yeah. They're just in different languages That's- and different viewpoints. And I used to shy away and think, oh, that's not for me. (laughs) But now I see it for what it is, what I believe it is. Mm -hmm. It's this that, you know, I don't know exactly what they're experiencing. But this is how they're able to express Express it it. and, and, and share it. And just because I don't understand it, it doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't mean what they're experiencing isn't real. And it's. It's real for them, mm-hmm. 100%. And by supporting them and understanding that, I'm not saying I believe 100% everything they're saying. No. But I can support them in their journey, their I can, experience. I can support their humanness and, yeah. and their soul journey. Yeah. yeah. Whereas before, I couldn't do that. No, me either. <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest. Oh, me too. Yeah. Because we were programmed. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm sure we still get triggers where we fall back into that program. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Yeah. Because, again, we're human. So when when people do that, we go through so that they get clarity and direction from their soul's um, guidance. And then from there, we do energy work uh, that basically takes what the mind just was able to decipher Mm -hmm. and now bring that through on an energetic, emotional level and physical and so we do the energy to release the old and move forward in the new. Okay. So then people can kind of feel replenished and mm-hmm. feel like they're able to move forward and take action in who they want to be. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's that's what I love about it is that it's there is no right and wrong. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even when we were talking about, you know, I saying that. Not everybody believes in angels, right? Mm-hmm. And that's okay. I, I, I had a, I had a really good um, discussion with my husband 
when all of my awakening occurred, uh, it came in really, really strong and really, really fast. And then I was shown my whole life and I was like, oh my God, now my life makes sense. Right? <laughs> like I had no idea that I was a psychic. I had no, I hadn't heard those words before. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that that, what those things were called. I just thought I was good at first impressions, you know, yeah. like, mm-hmm. Isn't that what, isn't that a characteristic of a human? And so, um, but in that, as I was kind of awakening, and um, this is the the phrase, I said to my husband, I said, oh my God, because I was still in engineering. I said, what if I am woo-woo? What if I'm fucking crazy? What if this is all bullshit, right? Like, what if? Mm-hmm. And he's like, all right, let's go there. What if... At the end of the day, you die. That's it. Your body decomposes. End of story. And I'm like, okay, so no angels. (laughs) And he's like, no. And I'm like, so I was talking to somebody in my own head, making it up. And he's like, yep. And I said, okay. And he goes, were you happy? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah. 100%. And that's where it freed me to open up. And I see that everyone, like, that's why I don't go against religion Mm -hmm. or Buddhism, like, whatever it is, whatever it is. And if you don't believe in something, you don't have to be against it. No. Because you're like, well, you know, it's not, there's not people out there, uh, you know, anti Thors. You know, or right. like Thor's not a real person and he wasn't a real god, you know, like like atheists. You know, like you don't have to fight something if it if you don't believe in it and you just yeah. let it go. It doesn't harm you, it doesn't hurt you. It doesn't. That story is important to us though. You know, again, I, I think uh, you may have heard in one of the ones I talked about where, you know, those uh belief and awe and worship, it's a part of our evolution. Yeah. We can't just ditch it. You can call it whatever you want. Uh-huh. Like, you know, I've been to the Church of Cannabis in Denver. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, there's everything out there's there. There's many churches. <laughs> yeah. And this is where it's liberating. Uh-huh. You know, for those that are listening, if you're like, well, nothing resonates with me. I'm like, well, then make it. Yeah. Yeah. Make up whatever the fuck you want. Whatever. Use your imagination. If it, if it makes you feel good, if it helps you understand the world, if it brings uh-huh. you peace, if it helps you be a better person, it doesn't matter. matter. You don't, it can be a religion of one. You don't have to go start anything. You don't have to be a prophet. You don't have to be an evangelist. You're just like, yeah, that story of control and everything that I was taught as a child doesn't work for me. So I'm going to believe in the flying spaghetti monster because that story makes me laugh and it makes me feel good and you know it's a better explanation from what i've heard whatever right and and i and two i think um you know i have you know my story what i think intuitiveness is and all of that but the the description and the story doesn't matter Mm -hmm. There's people whose senses are a little bit different oh. and they can read people better and they listen better and they can grow that skill, whatever it is and whatever they're connecting to. Because it's filling their cup. Yeah. We don't have to know. We don't have to have the answers. No. And 
are this obsession, this Western obsession with perfection. And right and wrong. Yes. Yeah. And that there's only one path. There's only one right way. There's 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 what's right and what's wrong, and that's it. And nothing is black and white. It's everywhere, you know, a little bit of everything. And I I think getting to that idea more of, um, you know, uh, not having to have this like a perfect answer for everything. More of we don't know. We don't know. And it doesn't matter. And we don't have to have it all figured out. Let's just enjoy the moment. Yeah. And this obsession with getting it right or perfect or having all the answers is not healthy for us. No. It's where suffering is created. Yeah. And if we can let go of that and just, okay, what do we have control over? What information we have? How can we make the world a better place? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I heard this term this morning that I really liked. And it was... Protopia instead of utopia. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Where it's this, you know, little baby steps yeah. towards making things better. I rather than what can I do? We need to achieve utopia. We need to achieve perfection. We have to have a certain way to exist and be. Because but then. But we don't know what that is. Well, then we're destination focused. Yeah. And we're not enjoying the journey. Yeah. And that's what humanity, well, that's how I was raised. It was always an end goal. Mm-hmm. It's always an end goal, yeah. right? And, you know, from the moment I was, I can remember, like, grade one or whatever, I remember, like, you're going to be a doctor, a lawyer, a dentist, a, you know, it was just, it wasn't even an option. Mm-hmm. Like, if I, like, do you think I heard that you can be an intuitive? Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. No. I didn't even know what the fuck acupuncture was as a kid. No. Right? <laughs> and that's where these kids are. Bring it, like bringing it full uh, circle to yeah, where, where, yeah. where those teenagers are, mm-hmm. how they're going to be serving in this world. It, it doesn't exist yet. That's why yeah. they're floating. Mm-hmm. Because they don't want to be a square and a round hole. They, they don't want to be in the old paradigm. They don't want to be in that industrialized era because... It's not what they signed up to live. It's not what they want. They want to, they're here to show us the true definition of humanism. And I'm not saying they're, you know, better than, but their evolution and their, their way of viewing life is in a newer way. It's mm-hmm. in, you know, we're in our old programmed way. Yeah. They've entered into a time where change was already yeah. in place and in so fast. Yeah. That no one, those in power, couldn't get control over exactly. that change. Exactly. Yeah. And unfortunately, no one has control over anything right now. And it's showing us that we can still all exist without control. Yeah. And so hopefully we let go of the, that need to, you know, uh, humanize the whole planet and get control over it and realize that maybe we should get a little bit more in tune with nature. Yeah. And, (laughs) and like less is more. Yeah. And I think that's where we're going. Yeah. That's really where we're going. So out of all of this that we've learned tonight, what, what are you going to be sharing at the retreat? How how do you distill this all down into an hour or two? Basically this. (laughs) (laughs) Basically um, I'm going to be giving a talk and, I like to I I like to leave it open. I think I heard you saying that as well as you know. I do have 
a presentation in a sense. Mm-hmm. Like I, I have an idea, but I do like to kind of be in the moment and feel into the energy of the room. So it may be more presentation style or it may be a circle conversation style. It depends mm-hmm. on the energy of the day, right? But basically, I'm going to be talking about how do we step off the assembly line? Mm-hmm. You know, how do we live to be free? How can we um, break the conditioning and and start living a life that's more enjoyable in a sense or more um, in alignment with who you want to be mm-hmm. and how you want to be, you know? And that that's not a set way. That's not even, you know, who you want to be, even that statement in itself. I'm not saying who you want to be for 100 years. I'm just saying who you want to be right now. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, it's like, no, no, we don't have to plan. Mm-hmm. I want to teach people, or not even teach, but just share with people the fears that even I went through. You know, stepping off the assembly line of an en- being an engineer and running a managing an engineering firm to nothing. You know, I had no job. I had nothing. And I was just new. Right. And it's like and there's fears that come with that. So when people kind of say, well, you know, I can't like who's going to pay the bills and who's going to you know, it's like, well, you don't think I thought that mm-hmm. like who's going to pay my bills. Yeah. Right. So I'm going to talk to people about how do you how do you navigate challenging and difficult situations in your life and how do you see your resiliency and your strength and the creator that you are so that you can live more freely and enjoy this time here on this earth that you're living and not feeling as though you're controlled um you know that's always my biggest pet peeve is you know, when I feel like I'll even say, that's not fair, you know, like I'll catch myself saying that, right? Like there's nothing worse from a human perspective than feeling controlled, mm-hmm. feeling powerless. Yeah. Right. So, so my intention is to um, kind of give some tools, a few tools and some examples and some philosophy, a different perspective to help people start seeing that they aren't on an assembly line. Mm-hmm. It was just a it was just a choice. It was just yeah. it's just we thought we had to. Mm-hmm. That that assembly line is imaginary. Yeah. Right? And and we have the ability to step off of it. And it's funny because we step off of it and then we usually step onto another assembly line. Yeah. Like even when people spiritually use the terminology spiritually awake or whatever you want to call it, right? It's like I laugh so many times because it's like we step off this assembly line of the industrial era, right? Mm-hmm. Or mainstream or whatever you want to call it, right? And and it's like, no, and now I'm spiritually awake and it's like, and I'm living this. Well, you've just conditioned another assembly line. Yeah. So it's like, okay, we want to abolish assembly lines and because that's why we see a lot of spiritual ego right Mm -hmm. we see that and and that's okay because we're programmed we're 
It's what it's what we thought we had to do. It's and I mean we all know ego's job is to keep you safe. Yeah. So if that's the case, it's always going to be there, mm-hmm. right? But if we can slow it down and start to be more conscious, right, of what our choices are, then we can start creating the life that our heart desires, mm-hmm. right? It's interesting. Like if you look at whether it's a political revolution yeah. or a spiritual revolution. When something happens without intention, mm-hmm. when your only focus is on just change, yeah, then we set ourselves up to just again get on the next assembly, uh, assembly line, or we give our power over to some Someone other else. figurehead to yeah. control us and manipulate us. Yeah. Like, look at you know these people that popped out of nowhere. And now all of a sudden, thousands of Canadians are following these freedom mandate people that all have these wild ideas that, you know, and they just, they they drop this one point of view to go on here, you know, onto this next thing. And they're not, you know, again, people do this with, uh, um, you know, wellness too, right? Oh, 100%. They they jump out of... (laughs) Um, you know, Christianity into yoga all of a sudden or yep. whatever, right? Yep. And that's the new thing that, you know, rather than stopping like, what do I need? Who yes. am I? How do I find peace? Uh-huh. And doing the hard work yeah. to figure out that stuff so they just don't fall into that next I program. Well, or- yeah. And it's like, and we do that. And usually what happens, I mean, it's we're all unique, but it's like, we can fall into those assembly lines, and then usually over time we discover that whoa, yeah. we're just on another assembly line, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? And then we kind of come into this. But again, it, it all stems down to we haven't been told it's okay to be sovereign. Mm-hmm. It's not, and. You know, indigenous and aboriginals, they get it. You know, it, it's, it is okay. I'm not saying sovereign means um, isolating. Mm-hmm. And it's, so, it's being sovereign in community. So playing your part, mm-hmm. playing the piece of your puzzle, you know, and it's like, and most of us don't know what our piece is. And it's, we always start to go, oh, well, what's my purpose? And it's like, oh, fuck, if I hear that one more time, it's like, that is the most stressful um, question that anybody can put out there. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, well, I just need, I don't know what my purpose is. And I'm like, fuck, your purpose is to live with purpose. Well, see, the problem it's, it's I like, hate with purpose. It has so many. Is there's these, ex- there's an external power. Yes. That's supposed to give you your answer. Exactly. To your purpose. Yeah. Where there is no. God or goddess or entity or angel that is going to come down and tell you what you're supposed to do with your life. No. And if you're waiting for that, you will wait a long time and you'll never find it. Now, the term I like is uh, ikigai Mm. and it's from Japanese and it's what brings you energy? Passion and energy. Yeah. All of those. And and if that's... Um, If it's a hell yes, (laughs) go for it. That always reminds me of this story. There's this one guy who was a surgeon, and I think he had a – he was in a car accident or something. And, you know, he had a lot of time to rehab and all this, and he was just like, I don't know, he just wasn't happy in his life. Right. And so one day he went 
rollerblading along, you know, uh, the beach in Santa Monica. And that's what he does every, every day, day since. He likes to get up on one wheel and kind of lean in. And it just brings him joy yeah. for some reason. And so you're retired. He lives in a small little apartment in Santa Monica. Love and it. he just rollerblades every day down, up and down the beach. Everyone knows who he is. And he just living his bliss. Yeah. And if only we could all afford to find that and do that. Yeah. But for some of us, you know, um, just the free moments we have to do those things, to just be. And there's not, you know... We're, we're constantly surrounded by everyone else telling us how we should live and how we should act and what we should do. And this podcast is an example. Yeah. But t- we still need those that time each day of just just being with ourselves and trying to connect with, you know. But even, if, if I'm suffering, what is it that I'm doing or thinking or feeling that's bringing me this pain? How can I let go? How can I make space for something else in my life? How can I open up? And even, you know, when you say like even this, this podcast, right. Mm -hmm. But yet at the same time, it's like all we're doing is expressing our piece of the puzzle. Yeah. So how people receive it, that's their piece of the puzzle. Yeah. Right. So, and it's like, and that's where it's like, I'm expressing myself from love. I'm expressing myself from, I I don't have any ill will to anybody that's listening, Mm -hmm. for instance, right? It's like, I'm just expressing who I am. And I got to trust that me playing my part of the puzzle, that whoever's listening will receive whatever they need to receive. Mm -hmm. Because I I can't, I can be like the, the nicest mom or the best mom or whatever in the world. I could, I could be that, you know, like if, if you could put labels as the best mom, my kid is still going to grow up going, yeah, my mom, she did this. You know, like yeah. it's like because it, I'm projecting. It, yeah. I, I'm not them. Mm-hmm. It's their story. It's yeah. like their piece of the puzzle. And I love to look at it as if you put a piece of the puzzle in, if you're playing too big, so if you're – Let's let's just use the ego or or playing too big, playing a part, not being you, mm-hmm. right? You're playing too big. You're 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 pretending to be something that doesn't really align with you. Feels yeah. uncomfortable. You're wearing a mask, right? Yeah. Then your piece of the puzzle is going to be really big. Uh-huh. So when you try to play your piece of the puzzle in the puzzle, it's not going to fit, right? You're going to force yourself into the puzzle of life. If you're editing yourself, right, and you're playing too small, I'm not going to share, right? When I go to play my piece of the puzzle, my edges aren't going to touch anybody. I'm not making any ripple effect in this world, right? But if I'm exactly who I am and who I need to be, from my, let's say, justification or whatever, from my own inner knowing... Mm -hmm. When I play my piece of the puzzle, I actually now strengthen every other piece that's mm-hmm. connected to me. Yeah. And that's what I want to try to get. Yeah. I think that's share. beautiful. It goes against what we've been feeding kids for the last like 40 years. This, you can be anything. Oh. You could be successful as you want. You can be a president. You can be this. You can be a CEO and all this. And unfortunately... No, 
you can't be anything you want. Mm -mm. And unfortunately, that's because a lot of those things, it's luck, it's who you know, it's money, all these things. But you can be you. Yeah. You can be the best you. Yeah. And whatever that is, you know, if that's just, you know, doing what we would consider small jobs or non-important things, but if you love it and you love your life, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Because you're far better off. Like and I, from there, yeah. from that place, then if you, if what you want is to be anything or to be president because that's in alignment with who you are, then you will make that happen mm -hmm. because that's your destiny. Yeah. Like that's your call. Like it's like, so there is an element of you can be anything, but how we've been portraying it is, is the overwhelm mm -hmm. and the untrue. Yeah. Right. It's like we haven't taught we haven't been taught, humans haven't been taught that it's amazing to just be who you are. Yeah. We haven't. Yeah. And the freedom and peace that comes from just being yeah. rather than doing. Yeah. 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 I think I think we should leave it at that. Yeah. That feels good. Well, I'm pretty excited to see how the Foothills Wellness Retreat goes. And I know. I'm sure there's a lot of people listening to this. They're like, Okay, how do I get a hold of Kara? How do I learn yeah. more? I'll uh, put all your information in, in the description, but do you, is it? The easiest is my website, okay. which is karamarshall.ca. And okay. yeah, and all my social media is linked to okay. that. And yeah, Perfect. so everything's in there. We'll make sure it's available. And those that, uh, um, you know, want a, a guide session to mm -hmm. kind of open your mind and yeah. help you choose that path. Yeah. Sounds like a thing. Betcha. Thank you so much. Good to talk to you. <laughs>